direct from the web, it's Billy Masters Live. And now, please welcome your host, Billy Masters. Oh my Hey everybody, welcome to Billy Masters Live. I am, of course, your host, Billy Masters, and today is Monica. Thank you. Thursday, December 9th, 2021. Um, I say deja vu because we've already done today's show, and it was challenging. If you watched it live, you know it was challenging. You know, I've done this show from uh, my home in Boston, my home in Fort Lauderdale, various hotel rooms and bathrooms around the world. Today is the first time I tried to do a show from my wonderful Hollywood home. My first time doing the show here and it all went to hell in a handbag. When we went to start the computer crashed and the guests, I couldn't interact with them. All you were seeing was a blank screen. And I was able to say technical difficulties, technical difficulties. I was rebooting it happily. I have a spare computer at all times with me. And I moved everything over there and continued the show. The sound was horrible. The video was horrible. Sounds not so fabulous now, but it is what it is. And we continued along the show. So I am re-recording this introduction and we'll roll into the existing show. You're going to see technical problems in that one as well. Nothing I can do about it because it's a fabulous show. Today, one of my favorite people of all time, legendary designer Bob Mackey is here. I had to hesitate because he's more than a designer. He's a designer. He is an entrepreneur. He has a book out, The Art of Bob Mackey, which is this gorgeous coffee table book. Do I have it? There it is. That is for sale. Please go out and buy it. It would make a great gift for anybody on your Christmas list, Hanukkah list. Even the Kwanzaa people will enjoy it. So Anyway, we are now going to go to not Bob Mackey. This book was written by Frank Vlasnik and Laura Ross. And so we have one of the two authors. Frank is going to be here. And I'm going to ask him about how he came up with the idea for this book, how he approached Bob Mackey. And then we will speak to the designer himself, Bob Mackey. Hi, Frank. Hello, Billy. Nice to be with you. Did I meet you this summer? No, I don't think so. Unless you're, are you talking P-Town? That's what I was thinking of. No, I wasn't, I didn't get to P-Town this summer. Uh, okay. For various reasons, but uh, no. So, well, but I know, but, but the legend has lived <laughs> in my life for years. <laughs> Hopefully not based on today, please. Um, so where do you come from? Because this book is like the work of a master. It really is. It is something that, you know, is, you don't even want to turn the pages. It's so treasured. It's a piece of art. So tell me your story. Thank you. Well, uh, I come from a very small town in Illinois, uh, Peru, Illinois. And we had a lot of very cold winters that all I did was watch TV variety shows. So uh-huh. my winters were spent doing research for this book, basically. Uh, 
you know, uh, Saturday night was Carol Burnett and Tuesday, I believe, was uh, Sonny Cher. Uh, and uh, then, you know, all the TV specials that I used to watch with everyone's favorite angel, Cheryl Ladd and Linda Carter <laughs> and Mitzi Gaynor. My God, my the Mitzi Gaynor specials were like a yearly, sometimes, I think once they did two, she did two in one year, but they were just like... You know, you all I was always glued to the TV set. So I've I've been I've been getting ready for this book my whole life. But as you Bob, know, in, oh, oh, go ahead. What I said, Bob has too. Been getting ready for this. <laughs> that this it's taken this long is amazing. Um, I want to show the cover of the book. It is uh, the art of Bob Mackey, and it is gorgeous, baby. and it's huge. How many pages is this? It's 304, I believe. It, uh, and you, did I hear that you had to keep asking to add pages? Yes, because, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, we did this book during a pandemic and mm. uh, Bob moved to uh, Palm Springs from Los Angeles in February of 2020, I think right before, like a month before the world ended. And then at some point, he moved his studio from Los Angeles into his house in Palm Springs, where all of a sudden drawers got opened that, you know, hadn't been opened in a while. And I was there uh, in April of this year, and the book was done, basically. And Bob pulls out a file folder, and it just says Las Vegas. And he opens it, and he goes, oh... Did you know I did Liza Minnelli's Vegas act in 1974? And then he starts pulling these <laughs> sketches out. And I immediately got on the phone to my editor at Simon & Schuster and like, we need to add more pages. We got Liza Minnelli here. <laughs> and um, how, did, how did the idea of the book even come around? How did you approach Bob? Well, that's all my co-author, Laura Ross was at a, a jazz club called Birdland in December. Mm -hmm. This is how long, this is how far we're going back three years ago, December of 2018. And Laura and her husband went to a jazz club and got seated with Bob and Joe McFate. And um, they'd known each other, I think, professionally a little bit. And Laura is furiously Googling under the table to see if there's been like a huge, huge coffee table book because Frank DeCaro did a book Bob did a book uh, in the late 70s, I think. Uh, and then uh, Frank DeCaro did a smaller version uh, for mm -hmm. the uh, exhibit at FIT. But she's like, no, there's no really big book. And so then she pounced like only Laura can, only a girl from Shaker, o Shaker Heights, Ohio can, and just said, so Bob, why have you never done a really comprehensive coffee table book? And um, that's what started the ball rolling. And I went out in February of 2019 to meet with Bob and and uh, sat and talked with him the whole afternoon. And he finally got up and said, OK, let's do this. And then then we then the work began. Did you learn, I mean, I'm sure you learned tons of things when you're putting this book together, but what was the most surprising thing that you learned? Just how many plates he was spinning at once. I mean, I, I guess I knew it, but you don't really comprehend that he was designing 
all of the costumes for the Carol Burnett show and all mm-hmm. of Cher's, Cher's gowns for the Sunny and Cher comedy hour and then the Cher show and then the Sunny and Cher show and then doing Mitzi Gaynor specials and doing Vegas acts and doing Lady Sings Tony the and Funny Lady all at the same time. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's the it's it's the and, and you know the it's why the man didn't take a vacation I think during the entire decade of the seventies. <laughs> um, since we're talking about that. him as if this is a testimonial, let's bring him on for a second. Oh, uh, let's see if course. I can do this. Actually, Frank, I'm going to put you backstage for a minute, and then I'll bring you back on. So since we're talking about Bob Mackey, I hate to talk about somebody behind their back. I'd rather talk right to their face. And here's Bob Mackey. <laughs> Bob, well, hello. I apologize again. Hi, Billy. And hello, Frank, you know, wherever you are. <laughs> when we were starting doing these shows a year ago, it was so much smoother. <laughs> oh, wait, did you have, did I lose you? Hold on. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Let me put you backstage for a minute. See, I'm glad it's not just me. Hold on. Bob, just put up your hand when you can hear me again. Um, okay, good. You can hear me now. Yes. Hi, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> it kind of goes Bob, the rest of the, of the show these days. Yeah, this is a theme today. I know. Um, Bob, how did you, first off, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. I'm excited. The book is doing well and people are loving it. And that's so, you know, rewarding when you work that hard on something. And and Frank and, and Laura have been just phenomenal. I mean, the book is really great. I mean, it's full of good stuff. You know, you know so I knew it would be, begin with. I knew it would be good. I didn't <laughs> know it would be this good. I mean, it is a work of art. I keep saying it, but it oh, really thank is. You. Well, we started out just doing photographs and and then our, our publisher decided that it says the art of Bob Mackey. So all of a sudden I had to find sketches that mm-hmm. sometimes existed and sometimes didn't. And uh, anything that didn't exist, I had to redo, which <laughs> I wasn't planning on that at all. But it's, yeah, it's I read it that in fun, the book. I think. Yeah. Um, Frank had written that certain sketches were reproduced right right and was that um, fun or was that well, hard? no it kind of fun it's fun to and also a lot of my said i don't know if i have that or not and then i had to find it and find it you know when you've been doing a, a particular thing for 60 years it's it's hard to look back and know exactly where to look for things if you know what i well, mean yeah, yeah of course <laughs> things are scattered everywhere well yes <laughs> And you also, as Frank mentioned, you've gone through a move and things have changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, I'm, this is kind of going towards the end <laughs> of your career, but I remember one summer that we were in Provincetown together and mm-hmm. I asked you, you know, who today inspires you and what, is there anybody who reminds you of that old Hollywood? And you said you had just met this singer and you were going to design her tour. And that was Pink. Well, you know, Pink was a whole new girl for me at that point. Yeah. And, um, and she, she is phenomenal. You know, I haven't worked with her much these days, but, but it's fine because she is so talented and so amazing. And then she gets up on the trapeze 
over, you know, five million people, and you think, oh no, this this is this is going to be a horrible moment, but it isn't. It's always amazing, you know. And, and let's she, just show people. Look at that. And she is on the trapeze, and again, your signature movement dresses move. They don't just sit there. Well, if if the star's going to move, the clothes better move with them. That's all I can say. You know, I and I've done so many dancers in my life that I'm just used to that. Uh, people are always so amazed that you know how that I know how to make clothes for dancers or people that move. But but that's just I, that's how I learned to do it. My and favorite thing you... was in the old days going to old MGM movies and watching Sid Charisse and Leslie Caron and and you name it. You they they were all up there dancing and carrying on, and uh, I figured, well, that's what I want to do. So and didn't what... you perform when you were young? Only in high school, but oh, then really? I had then I had to kind of balance things. I said, am I a better designer or am I a better singer dancer? So I became a designer. <laughs> Do you miss the performing side? Well, no, but it's like you have to you have to have the 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 heart of a performer in you to design good costumes. Otherwise, there are a lot of people that that design for the theater and often it doesn't come out so great because they just don't get it. They don't get what you're there for, you know. Well, does that make sense? Speak, yeah, it does. And yeah. speaking of which, we have a special guest, a little drop in. So you may have trouble hearing this. This is a little quiet, but um, here's a little surprise for Bob Mackey. Bob, I have one of your favorite people. According to the new book, The Art, is it The Art of Bob Mackey? I think that's what it's called. It's so beautiful. It is, it is a work of art. It is a work of art. Bob Mackey says one of his favorite people, one of his best friends is you, Marilyn May. And he ran, and they, the picture in there, which is one of my favorite things of his that you wore, is the blue number. That blue, that gorgeous blue, that I don't even know what you call it. Aqua blue, maybe? Electric blue? He's so good. He's so good. And he does the right thing for the, for the right person. You know, he always knows what you should look like. And what I wore. What, what are you I wearing wore, here at the Wick? I'm wearing both acts. I'm wearing two different and that pantsuit in the second act is so gorgeous. Oh my God, it's gorgeous. He's, um, what does he mean to a singer? Do his clothes you know, elevate? Oh, well, of course. It's the most important thing. Well, the voice is pretty important. The, the voice is important. The musicians are important. And then the and then the and, uh, but, but he listens like a singer might. Really? He really does. He And he and he will dissect it with me. Really? Yeah, he's very, very musical. And what about collaboratively in terms of design? Do you tell him a color you like yeah, or a style, or you yeah, just trust him? It's him. It's, it's up to him. And has everything been like a home run? Well, everybody compliments me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob is watching. Is there anything you want to say to Bob Mackey? I love you with all my heart, Bobby. I call him Bobby. He lets me call him. <laughs> and I thank you for that. Mr. Mackey, back to you. <laughs> now, Is she amazing? That, that woman, you know, she, she knows what she's doing every moment. Just amazing. And we do have the sketch that I was talking about, the blue. 
This was there's, the sketch. There she is. Which <laughs> so gorgeous. And then there is Marilyn wearing it. And again, just a gorgeous number. Well, she's, you know, the, the woman has been in show business her entire life and she's lived a long time. And so have I. I mean, I've been doing it 60 years and Marilyn's probably been doing it maybe 75 years. You know, I don't know how old she is. Well, actually, oh, she tells everybody. <laughs> I, I do know. Well, she's hit some of those big birthdays and there's always a huge celebration and, and it's part of the show these days. <laughs> You know, but that now Marilyn is an example of somebody who is an older type of singer, the band singers who just stands there and sings, although she kicks up her feet every once in a while. And then yeah, you have she, somebody like Mitzi. Well, listen, they're very similar. They've both been in show business their entire life and and uh, they get it. You know, they, they they didn't stop and do something else along the way. Marilyn never stopped performing. And Mitzi was no. the same way. You know, you told a really interesting story in the book about Mitzi, how Mitzi Gaynor kind of is responsible for your career going to the next level. She was my first superstar lady that wanted me to do her whole show. And she knew she was going to be doing some specials, TV specials. Mm -hmm. And and she had never done that before, really. She'd been on guest stars and uh, on certain shows, but she just had it in her mind. She wanted a different look. She was in the 60s and all of a sudden clothes changed and she wanted to look a, a little more modern, a little more together. And and uh, she went to Vegas and did it. And it was a huge hit. Just like and that. somebody saw you do the show in Vegas. Well, somebody named Carol Burnett went to see her. <laughs> and, and and so that year, that was 1966. That was a big year for me because all of a sudden I was getting these incredible offers. And uh, I, I was working on the Hollywood Palace. I was filling in for somebody who, who just did a half a season. And then I'd finished the King Family show, and which we also did at the Hollywood Palace uh, for oh. a while. And... Uh, and Nick Vanoff just asked me, he said, would, would you come on and do it? And, and I think I could be still be doing the Hollywood palace. And I said, no, I have the Carol Burnett show to do. And, uh, and on the Carol Burnett show, I met Cher the first season, almost the third show or something. I mean, it was just crazy. Everything was kind of happening. And I'd been working since 61. So it's been um, 60 years of, of designing cost costumes. I remember I was, <laughs> I was at, <laughs> I was at an event with you and Mitzi at the Academy of Television, and they talked about how her performance of Georgie Girl on the Oscars. Right, right. It um, it's legendary that it got the longest of ovation in Oscar history, but the close really you know, took America by storm because nobody had seen anything like that before. Well, I, I don't know. We just did it. We did a full out professional like you would do on a show that could be running for 20 years. You, you know, you didn't pull back anything. Mm -hmm. And Mitzi loves clothes. She loves costumes. She, nobody wears them better than she does. Nobody can spin in a dress and, and, you know, just make your brain fly out of your head. It's so amazing. Just to watch her is, is just unbelievable. 
Well, one of the things I love about it, looking at the number now, is that the clothes refer back to the lyric. <laughs> well, they do, yeah. Yeah. And I want to show, I mean, I know we're not supposed to, but I'm going to show just a little clip of the number because it has a signature Bob Mackie reveal. I haven't seen that number since since then, actually. Oh, all right. Well, we'll show you just a little bit. Oh, the reveal <laughs> and then the ovation. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is Mitzi Gaynor. Oscars 67? Uh, I would say probably 67. Yeah, that, okay. that makes sense. Okay, yeah. here we go. I mean, talk about moving. That is a well, dress that moves. Just, yeah, it moves. And, uh, but everything always with her has to move. It has to twirl. It has to, she could stand on her head and it would stay in place. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. It's just, just an amazing performer. And she really understands why she's there. It's called entertainment. And a lot of but people, you know, stand, stand on the stage. And this is something Marilyn teaches in her class. You don't stand on stage, close your eyes and sing for yourself. You, you're singing for an audience and, and right. they better be having a good time. Well, Marilyn mentioned something about that, how smart you are when it comes to lyrics and music, that you really understand all of the facets of entertainment. And that certainly informs your decisions as a designer. Well, it does. You know, one of the things that I started doing when I was about 12 or 13, I was selling newspapers at the racetrack in, in Inglewood, the Hollywood Park racetrack. Oh. Yeah, I lived like a block away. And but at five o'clock on Saturday, I would run home to see a direct uh, a feed from New York of your show of shows with, with Sid mm -hmm. Caesar, Imogene Coca or Carl Reiner. The most amazing people were on that show. And, and it was an hour and a half long. And I just decided this is important for me to see this. And I watched it every week as long as it was on. And after that, the, your hip parade came on where they did, you know, today's favorite songs, the 10 favorite songs of the week. And, I, I don't know why. I, I felt like I was in school and I should know all that. And mm. I guess I was. <laughs> it's, it's funny when you think about it, actually. You know, again, everything you've done has led to, you talk about how one show led to another and another. Well, it does that. And especially when you've worked with a lot of different people over a period of, of time, chances are they're going to call you back if they like what you did. And, and that was incredible, you know, the people that I worked with over the years. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you mentioned, you know, we talked about movement and we've talked about knowing the performer and who you're going to design for. And we know that Mitzi dances, but she can also 
be there in one of those nudish looking gowns that she you're certainly can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she knew she looked good. And if you see that number, if you ever see that number called uh, hold back, I think it's called, um, yeah. It's just it's very um, sexy. It's very sexy, but she moves. I mean, it's like magic when she starts moving around that stage. Really good. You know, I, one of the things I learned in this book, thinking of that thing, that um, gown, excuse me, thing. Gown. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind is, of, it's, is not, it, I it's, saw you can this. see right through it. Well, it's it's very similar to, very. to the, the Maryland, which I drew. I didn't, Jean-Louis, the famous Jean-Louis, the, the designer that did the gilded dress for Rita Hayworth and did all the Marlena Dietrich dresses, I worked for, for, for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, and we did the Marilyn Monroe movie that was never never released, never finished. And um, this was to sing, you know, Happy Birthday to the president, President Kennedy. And uh, it, it was very exciting just to draw that, do the drawing alone. Mm-hmm. And she looked like that. She looked amazing. Madison Square Garden when the lights hit her, it was like magic. Was that an, an aesthetic that spoke to you? An aesthetic meaning what? Uh, you know, meaning that general? style, either the well, physical it, style or what it, it wasn't, evokes. It wasn't for everybody. But then shortly <laughs> after that, I I met a girl who could wear it better than as well as anybody. I mean, she was amazing, and that was that was the, the Armenian goddess from Malibu. You know, she she just had the most beautiful figure, and she was young, and she didn't know that that. Maybe it was a little bit see-through. It didn't bother her at all. She looked amazing. And she still does. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Um, I didn't know that you designed this dress for Madonna at the Oscars. I did. I did. Actually, she appeared on the cover of uh, Vanity Fair in this dress. But it wasn't her dress. It was a sample made for a six-foot model, you know. And we... We pinned it all in and carried on. And she says, I need something like this to wear in the Academy Awards. And and uh, her stylist, Marina Schiano, uh, said, well, why don't you call Bob Mackey? He could do one for you. And that's what happened. And as you can see in the picture there, she, you know, it's funny. You made her look <laughs> old Hollywood. Well, she wanted she wanted to look. She was doing a number from Dick Tracy, which was like a almost like a period uh, comic strip at the time. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't. It wasn't even in the newspaper anymore. They had made the movie with Warren Beatty, and and it was quite, she looked amazing in it. And it's very Monroe, very Marilyn in many ways. Her hair was like that. Everything was the same. And um, she left it on. She was going to go out afterwards. And, and Michael Jackson was her date. And she was going to wear a black dress that she had. And she realized how good she looked. So she just went to all the parties in this outfit. And there Which, were two of them. Are. There. Is that a couple or what? <laughs> I was there that night. And I was yeah, standing well, pretty close. And me too. I thought to myself, <laughs> she's like a Veronica Lake. Well, she was. she's amazing. And still. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think of dresses as costumes or do you think of costumes as dresses? No, well, they're not the same, really. This is definitely a costume, although I did it for my line of clothes. But there are those women that that don't want to wear anything to a party unless it's over the top and, and they get their picture taken a million times. and It's in the paper the next day. 
And she certainly had her picture in the paper the next day. You know, again, I learned so much from this book. I was at the, I think it was Emmy Awards, but no, it might have been Golden Globes. And I saw Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I think I have a photo with her in this dress. And then your sketch. Yeah. But it's so interesting because it's so couture and modern, but wearable. Well, you know, she's a beautiful girl and very often she dresses down because she's doing comedy or whatever. And um, it was interesting because she had really just, I think she had just had a baby shortly before that. And she looks amazing in it. I, you know, it was, it was lucky. It was a good lucky day. Do people come to you all the time and say, I need the Mackie touch? Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. And sometimes it's too much touch for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you just have to know what, you're, what they're asking for. People used to come and ask me, oh, I want that dress just like shares. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And now, how many years later, we're talking about from the 70s clear into right now, you, go, you look at the Met Ball and you see these girls in like basic copies of stuff that I used to do for her many, many, 50 years ago or whatever, you know, it's just crazy. And they, they don't realize that because somebody's already worn it and looked pretty good in it, uh, you shouldn't go for the same thing. You should try to wear something that's more you and, and different. I think you told me once that it does depend on the personality because sometimes if they don't have the personality to carry the dress, the dress overwhelms them. Well, if they're intimidated by the dress, they shouldn't be wearing it. If they, if they walk out and they're so embarrassed or they're, they're just so afraid or whatever that is. And I've seen that happen a lot of times, but you know, they're just people that know so secure in themselves and how they look and, and their bodies are beautiful because that's what they work on every day as part of their job. Yeah. Uh, somebody who is very comfortable wearing clothes like this and God knows. Yeah. I was Anne just thinking Margaret. of her. Yes. Anne Margaret had, you know, when, when I would dress Anne Margaret to walk on stage, that audience has to think I'm going to see Anne Margaret tonight. They don't want her to walk out looking like maybe Anne Margaret looks at rehearsal and, you know, in, in a t-shirt and in her leotard bottoms and whatever. No, you, you want to see that movie star. You want to see that woman that, that everybody just goes, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so sexy. She's kitten with a whip, you know. Right. <laughs> she's just, you, you know, they, they don't want to be disappointed. And, and she never disappoints. She's amazing. Um, here's a very uh, famous sketch that you made. Yes. And I love this sketch because it's like she's on fire. Well, it's, it was all this sort of Galliano colored uh, sequins and beads and feathers. And, and uh, this actually a photograph of her in this dress was in a big billboard on Sunset Boulevard for months at a time, one time. Mm. And I thought, are they going to leave that up forever? And of course they didn't, but it, it, was, it was sort of amazing to see that just like that, looking just like that. It's looking just like that. I mean, that it, again, I look at these and these are timeless looks. Do you feel that these things are dated or that glamour is dated? 
Uh, well, certain kind of glamour maybe is, but certain things that, you know, if it looks good on you, it's not dated. You look good. And a, a lot of women will buy a dress and they, they, they don't, they love the dress and they don't look in the mirror. You've got to look great in it. You've got to feel great in it and you've got to be secure in it. Did you that. ever make something for somebody that it was the perfect dress and the perfect person, but not the perfect match? Um, hopefully I didn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, well, there's times when, when you say, oh, I like that other one better in my mind. But no, mm-hmm. not usually. Usually I figured it out. I know what they, how they perform. I know how they move. I know how they, they the, the audience the public is used to seeing them. You never want to send somebody out looking like the dog's dinner when, when they're really gorgeous to start with. But a lot of people don't look the way they look in movies or on a television special That's or true. whatever. That the, the audiences do. They know what they should look like. But very often they just want to look simple and lovely. Audiences want to see you look simple and lovely. They want to see you look fabulous. And that's the way it is. <laughs> Well, I'm wondering how many people would look at Whoopi Goldberg and think, you know, she'd make a great Queen Elizabeth the first. Well, but you know, that year was the Academy Awards and she was she was the host on the show. And and how many movies came out that year with with Judy Dench and all kinds of different people right. playing Queen Elizabeth? So it was Bruce Valanche that said, Well, let's dress her up like like uh, you know, like Queen Elizabeth and we'll call her the African Queen. You know, (laughs) and she was amazing. And the the interesting part about that, she had her whole evening gown and her whole head hairdo and everything under that. And she she did the whole change live. And of course, on television, you never know when it's live. You, You thought, oh, they cut and she changed clothes. An hour later, she showed up. That's not true. Two minutes later, she was on stage in her evening gown. And with with full, you know, she had white face because Queen Elizabeth used to paint her face white and mm-hmm. do whatever she did in the in the Elizabethan times. And uh, they cleaned her up, and two minutes later, she was on that stage introducing the first part of the show. It it was quite amazing. I I was so proud that it worked. Thank God. <laughs> you know, you just mentioned styling. You know, in terms of gowns, it's not just the gown; it is the makeup, it's the accessories, the hair. Well, all, we learned no, that it's, on it's also runway. it's also the star. Oh know? well, that's true. They've got to; they have to be so secure and know who they are and what's good for them. And and the the good ones always know; they just know. Do you ever accessorize or help accessorize with? Oh, these of people? course, of course. We bring it into the fittings. We test shoes. We test jewelry, and very often on the Academy Awards, they're wearing real diamonds and real emeralds and all of that stuff. And of course, it's terrifying because you're so afraid it's going to drop off backstage and then they'll lose it and whatever. That happens every now and then. <laughs> it's you just you know don't blame me. I didn't lose it. <laughs> You know, I learned so much in this book. I have to, again, remind people, The Art of Bob Mackie. It's a gorgeous book. That there is somebody out there that you have not dressed that you who, who you would like to dress. Uh, Do you well, have an idea who I think of? No, I don't know. Who are you thinking of? 
Well, you tell me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I never, th- I never think about it because some people have, have their, their favorite designer and they've known him for years and years. And I just never pushed to have that. That just never, I, I'm not anxious to have their, their client, you know, because they won't be comfortable. Well, there is a sketch in there that I found really interesting. Explain this sketch to me, Bob. Well, (laughs) there was a show that I did on Broadway, which was not a hit, but we had all the, all these, these gorgeous chorus girls and boys and whatever. And they all wore Las Vegas star outfits. That was the Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and then there was a there was a boy, and he played Siegfried and Roy, the Lion Tamers. Except he was both; he was half Siegfried and half Roy, which was my favorite costume from the whole number. But we had we had a Sonny and Cher, we we had Eliza Minnelli, we had an Anne Margaret, we had all these amazing lookalikes that that was supposed to be a, a big shot in Vegas. And, and you know how in Vegas everybody plays Vegas, especially yeah, in course. the old days. In the old now, I don't know who who plays it. I don't get there so often, but uh, I've, but I've you've never the, dressed Dolly. I I have dressed Dolly actually. Oh, on on uh, a couple of specials. She did a special with Cher, and she oh. did a special with Carol Burnett. So those times, and I think that's why she never really came back to me because she figured, well, I belong to those ladies, not to her. <laughs> well, talking about Broadway. The yes. Cher show. There it is. Yeah, that's that was opening night. And there's Cher herself in the all in black there. And that's that's Goofy Bob behind her clapping. Oh, shut and, up. And those three girls in the front are the three girls that played Cher in the show. What was it like for you to revisit those, not even the outfits, but the eras? Well, it was just fun. I don't know. You know, you, you don't forget that stuff. And we had the interesting part about it is any of the really iconic outfits that Cher had worn in the past, like to win an Oscar in or to give an Oscar to Donna Michi or whatever. It was, we had the real ones. We had the actual ones in our hands that she'd worn. And so when she, when one of these girls came out dressed like that, the audience started applauding because they, they recognized that, the dress they recognized sure. what it was for or or if she came out dressed in a gypsy outfit they knew she was going to sing gypsies tramps and thieves right. which i don't think we can even get away with anymore i don't think no, we can probably say, not yeah you know, she can't even wear her indian war bonnet anymore because there's a couple of indian ladies on a on a reservation somewhere who says only men can wear that you must never wear that. She'd been wearing it for 50, 45, 50 years. And, and now she can't wear it anymore. But which I think is a little strange, but whatever. I, you know, I You know, when it, it came to revisiting these outfits, did you make any changes or did you, were you really faithful? Not too many. Not too many. I mean, if if something, if the cut of it isn't good for that girl, she's not really share. So I would I would just adjust it a little bit. But but basically, no, no, I didn't change anything. Um, and and these ladies, you know, they had beautiful bodies to start with. So there was, was a picture in the book that just made me smile. <laughs> Bob, explain this picture. <laughs> oh God. Well, that I believe. <laughs> 
that was on a share show and there's Tina, Tina in the middle and, and Kate Smith was a guest also. So they were all in this finale number. And I think, I think it was a tribute to the Beatles and, and there's just something about Kate Smith singing Beatles songs that, that just <laughs> we, we never stopped laughing the whole, the whole week because, and she was just having the best time because nobody ever let her do things like this. And there she was in her, in her white dress with all the ostrich and, and the other two barely covered. And um, <laughs> it was really something. And that's in the book, definitely in the book. Well, and again, <laughs> proves what you said is you have to design for your client. You would not make a shared dress for Kate Smith. Well, no, but I didn't make this dress for Kate Smith. She brought this on. I said, do you have a white evening gown? Oh. And she said, oh, yes, I have one. Well, and I knew that it wasn't going to look like anything Tina or Cher would wear, but I knew that it would be okay. And it, there was something charming about her with those two hotsy-totsy girls on each side of her. I mean, it was really amazing. <laughs> so what would you have made for Kate Smith? You know, well, it wouldn't be what Cher's wearing. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, and and I don't think she could wear Tina's dress either. No. You know, she was one of Kate my Smith. Friends, she's a star. Somebody and I know since, who's watching this. Since the 1930s. Cousin, yeah. His cousin for uh, somebody <laughs> in this book. No, not this one. Excuse me. This. Uh, oh. Beverly Sills's cousin is watching this. Yes. And I remember hearing that Beverly was like, this was a whole other world for her being dressed by Bob Mackey. Well, it was, I, you know, I was Carol's designer. Carol was producing mm -hmm. the show and, 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 you know, Beverly was the guest and we, we had it made at Beverly's uh, a costume house in New York that Beverly was used to going to. So she was very mm -hmm. comfortable and it, and she looked great in the clothes. She was, she was really lovely to work with. Just fabulous. Well, she was fabulous. There's no getting around it. The two and of them she wore was magical, a version really. of this dress in her farewell. Um, I think Bob, she no. I think she yep, wore that yep. dress. She had put oh, was more fe she put more feathers. feathers up at the top. She added. A few I remember the round the neckline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, here's something that I just always have wanted to ask you. Okay, this is a very yeah. famous picture. Yes, it is. And then all of a sudden, you see this picture on TV Guide. Well, the Anne Margaret version came first. Yes, well, clearly. <laughs> and then TV Guide came out. And I can say, well, I guess everyone's having a fit about this. Nobody had noticed. Nobody but me. <laughs> I take credit. And possibly Anne-Margaret. Well, Anne-Margaret hadn't even seen it. She'd oh, never wow. seen it. So I called her husband, Roger, wow. and I said, have you seen the TV Guide this week? And he said, no, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. And And all of a sudden... I, I stirred it up because I thought, well, they shouldn't get away with that. That's terrible. Terrible for Oprah, really. I mean, it's not fair to her. And it's certainly not fair to Anne Margaret. But that's that's Anne Margaret from the neck down, for sure. And yeah. and it was the same photograph. And, and Frank, and the, I'm going to bring Frank in. Yes. Frank has a great quote next Hi, to Frank. Hi. <laughs> 
Frank, what did you quote somebody as saying about that picture? Do you remember? I think, well, I think it was that when they talked to the uh, photographer that pho it must have been a very early version of Photoshop mm -hmm. um, where they cut and paste, pasted Oprah's head, which is not even in proportion to the body. Well, it's <laughs> And not. of course, that's the, I mean, and that's Anne Margaret's wedding ring on her on open finger. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, and then I they, then they put her that. in a wheelbarrow full of money. Oh, yeah. The, the but, uh, oh, the, yeah. The photographer, I think, said something like, look, if Flipper had been in that pose, I would have used Flipper. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he got in a little trouble with that. With oh, that he one. did, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. But I, I, was, the, I was the one that, that really pulled the bell and said, you know, this, this isn't right. Of course it's ridiculous. <laughs> Bob, what did you think about the process of revisiting all this in this big book when Frank came to you or Laura came to you? Well, we, we used practically everything, but we could do a new book next week and have all different stuff. We could do it oh, in, wow, in really? a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you've been doing this as long as I have with as many shows and things I've done, it, there's a lot of material there. There really is. It's uh, Like I told you, it's 60 years worth of working. I went to work doing this when I got out of art school, you know, and I was 21. To both <laughs> of you, was there anything that really you were on the fence that you really wanted it to make this book and it just didn't? Well, I usually can... there th I'm sorry, Frank. There's usually things I find in the drawer, one of my drawers of sketches that, that I hadn't seen in, in, you know, 50 years or something. Oh, I should have used this. Oh, well, if there is a next time, we will. You know, that's how it is. What about you, Frank? Well, there's, there was a sketch that we just couldn't fit, that we couldn't fit everything <laughs> in. And uh, there's a sketch that is in the um, acknowledgments. It's very small, but it's a sketch that Bob did as a, a, a prototype or a proposal for Cher to wear at the Met Gala. And it's a unicorn. Cher as the queen of the unicorns. And it is one of the most spectacular uh, sketches. And sh I think Cher, Bob can tell the story, but I think Cher said a unicorn she did, well, plays with the unicorns. There was something, unicorns kind of made a comeback the last couple yes. of years. And everybody, you know, it's, it's, there's just something, and talk about camp. There's nothing campier than a unicorn. And uh, the sketch was good. I'm, I wish we had a, one to show you, but we don't. Um, but it, nevertheless, she got very nervous that night and wore her jeans and a t-shirt. And, uh, you know, it, it was not very exciting for her visually at the Met Ball. That was the camp year when everything was supposed to be camp. And none of these, none of these young girls who were dressed up for the camp show knew what camp understood. Meant. They yeah. never understood it at all. <laughs> you know, I love that Frank, you put in so much in here about, you know, stories and functionality of clothes, especially well, I, for the stuff for Broadway. Sure. Well, especially when things have to be, you know, some of those things in the share show, the quick changes were like split second. Oh, oh, 30 seconds. Yeah. 12 yeah. seconds. I mean, and we had the same girl. I mean, there was, there was like 10 dressers dressing one woman, you know, backstage. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And I always said, well, I did a, I did an interview the other day, and uh, with the uh, I won't mention his name, but he forgot you to turn, he forgot to hit friends. record. What's so his I name? To him for an hour. <laughs> and Richie was it Richie? What was it Richie Sorry, Rich? We talked to him already. No, 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 no. Oh, we already right. talked to him. No, no, no. This <laughs> oh, is right. Okay. But I, I mentioned in that that Julia Prowse ta talked about functionality with Bob and just saying that she could stand there on stage and lift her leg up to her head and put it back down again and the bodice would never move. And that is what makes Bob and Ray such geniuses as they learned how to make the understructure for a bodice for a dancer to wear so then the skirt can fly and twirl and it's, but then it's the just what you do moves. yeah first time i had to dress dancers i was terrified because i had never done that i never knew i didn't know how to sew at that point in time and um I don't, I don't sew up my own costumes, but, but we always have these fabulous women that, that just do it perfectly and tailors that can make, you know, it, unless you have good people making your clothes, they're not going to turn out very well. And we should mention, I'm not going to mention Adian. any names. <laughs> we should mention Ray Adian. Ray Adian and I had a business together and we actually worked together on many films together because both of us had single projects on either side of the fence trying to you know make everything work so we did we we co-designed many projects and we also did many of them solo and and we we were turning out wild amount of stuff every week every single week of the year uh doing vegas shows and shows in vegas with a thousand costumes you know they take a minute or two yeah, but not only that, even for the things that he designed, you did a lot of the sketching. I well, wasn't I did, the sketcher. Most of the time I did the sketches because drawing wasn't his forte. I did that as a living in Hollywood, drawing for other designers before anybody gave me a job designing. And then eventually uh, people started saying, well, he could do it. And then I started getting more jobs. But it happens. You know, I was lucky. <laughs> I'm pretty talented. Well, you, you know, you do your best. It's all all that watching your show of shows in in 1952. Oh. <laughs> you know, uh, you we talked about functionality. I have to show a dress that most people don't know because if you weren't in a theater in Long Beach for three weeks, you never saw it. This was a dress that Carol Burnett wore in From the Top. Yes, yes. And, and Bob, I saw this show. Oh, you and did? And what okay. was amazing was that that cutout was functional. Well, she has a very good figure, you know. You could show a little skin and it's okay. Cher and Carol Burnett have the same exact measurements. They're the same really? height. Yes, they're the same height. They, I think they wore the same size shoe. And and uh, it was always amazing, you know, if, if, if I say... I read the script and it says, oh, Cher needs a Minnie Mouse dress. I said, ah, I got one of those. Carol's got one I made. It's perfect. It looks just like Minnie Mouse. You know, it's, it was it was like that at times. And they were, but I mean, their studios are right next door to each other at CBS. So anytime we were in trouble, believe But me. in this particular dress, in the script, she gets shot in the navel. And she <laughs> that's where she holds her cigarette box. 
Well, she's like that. She'll, I mean, she, you know, she's such a smart girl. She's the best. She, she doesn't miss anything. And, and if I have an idea that's not exactly in the script, I would, I'd have a meeting with her and I'd say, I think if you did this, this, and this, you'll get, you'll get a better reaction. And she'd go, oh, thank you. I know what to do now. Oh, so Simple some of those that. ideas really are the synergy of the two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the first things she ever said to me, and Carol was just being normal. She said, oh, I have to fall out of a window here, so I better wear pants. And I said, oh, no, you don't want to wear pants. You're not going to get any laughs in pants. Wear a tight skirt. And she went, oh, I never thought about that. Every time I had to do something crazy, they put me in pants. And I said, you don't get any laughs in pants. And, and, you know, we got our laughs. <laughs> well, you mentioned Minnie Mouse. What is the inspiration behind this? <laughs> well, he, Elton John just loved to get dressed up. He loved to get dressed up, you know, and he loved to get laughs. And, and of course, you don't get a lot of laughs just playing, singing and playing the piano. But, but if you're dressed up like, like Donald Duck, and you can't you can't do the pedals with your flippers, and you can't put your <laughs> duck spot on the on the stool very well. You'll get laughs, and he never stopped laughing the whole number or two, and he, he wore it for a long time. You know, in the show, was the idea yours or his? Oh, it was mine. You know, that did he look at you like Donald Duck? Well, what do you think of Donald Duck? He says. Well, I'm doing Minnie Mouse. I might as well do it, Donald Duck. You know, it was one of those. <laughs> um, I did not know, Frank, you did a great section in the book about Gypsy, the television version of Gypsy. And um, I should have known because the burlesque theme was going to speak to Bob. But what did you learn, Frank, in this? <laughs> From the Gypsy segment? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I just remember <laughs> I went to a screening of that and uh, at Disney Studios and the only people there and it was long before we worked on this book. It was 1993, oh, wow. I think. Yeah, I think you're Bob right. Bob was yeah. there. Stephen Sondheim was there. Roddy McDowell was there. My friend Kenny Soames, who was a writer on The Carol Burnett Show, and I were there. There were five people in this huge screening room at Disney Studios, and that was it. Um, really? I wasn't invited, I guess. <laughs> no, I think you were there. I could have been there, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, just that, that, that uh, I mean, Bob, I'm sure, has stories about, he had worked with Bette Midler before, but uh, quite I'm often, sure yeah, quite often. That was very nervous about undertaking taking on such a you know legendary role, and I'm sure she just wanted everything to be exactly right. Well, she she I mean, somebody said, "Oh, she's not the right type to play that part." I I said, "Are you crazy? She's absolutely perfect." Of course, part. she couldn't have been better. It's just she was born too late you know, right. to, to really play that part. And uh, I saw Ethel do it after she'd lost the movie and talk about a bad performance. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I loved Ethel Merman. I loved working with her, but she was just mad. She was so mad. And, and she, um, 
they had to they had to take it out of the Philharmonic in Los Angeles because it was the church on Sundays and it was a dirty show. They kept saying, "Oh, it's such a dirty show," and and oh. and so they did it at the Biltmore, you know. And oh. and I saw it, and it was a terrible performance on her part because she just wanted to do that movie so badly, mm-hmm. and she didn't even wear the costume. She just wore a cocktail dress and and sang straight out to the audience, never looked at anybody. It was one of the worst experiences and I felt badly for her. I really did. You know, this this whole section in the book about burlesque, you've done a lot of burlesque stuff. So when you did the strippers (laughs) in Gypsy... Yeah. Was that like a dream come true? Well, our 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 director uh, Emil uh, Ardolino, I think I got his name right. Um, he wanted a classic version of Gypsy. It was his favorite show of all time, mm-hmm. and um, and so I did I did a close version, but I think it's an improvement over the original ones. But I. I I just nothing we couldn't make it into some strange other other land um, for a gypsy show. Uh, we had to we everything had to be the soldiers in the in the vaudeville show had to be like that or more or less like that. The cow had to work the same way. Everything it it wasn't like a new version of, of gypsy, and that was fine with me. I I was so happy to do the show because again I was. I was just in, still in school when, when it came out. So nobody ever offered me Gypsy, but I did a lot of, you know, the Danny Thomas shows were all uh, uh, tributes to, to the wonderful world of burlesque, which, which was just heaven for me because I'm that little boy that asked my mother, what kind of movies do they show in that theater with all those <laughs> ladies in front? I had no idea what it was. And she, she just kind of didn't know what to say. And she said, well, those are strip teasers. And I said, strip teasers, what do they do? Well, they take off their clothes. I said, why? Why would they take off their clothes? <laughs> and she didn't know what to say. You know, we were on the bus driving by the burlesque house. And eventually the subject changed and we went on. But uh, I, I remember going to see Tempest Storm when I was... Oh, uh, who about, we just lost. About 18 years old. I was 18 or 19. And I was working uh, in a department store in downtown Los Angeles. And she was playing there and I was on my way home. It was quite a ways. And I got on the, at the bus station and I thought, I'm going to, before I get on the bus, I'm going to go see if they'll let me in. It's a Saturday afternoon. Maybe they'll let me in, you know, and I, I, I looked pretty young when I was, you know, 18, but uh, they let me in, you know, and all the old guys with their newspapers in their laps. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just really a terrible Nasty thing, but I love Tempest Storm with her flame hair and and her her big everything's. You know, it was really something to see. Um, there's that section in the book, Frank, which I knew nothing about. All was it Lucille Ball? I don't have the picture here with uh, with burlesque. Oh, and, well, as the butterfly. That was that was yeah. the Danny Thomas special, and okay. he, Danny would bring in all these really old burlesque comics that still existed at that point in time. That was like in 64. I mean, this was early. And, um, and Lucy, somebody said to Lucy, would you, would you, could we put you on a wire like Mary Martin does and, and be a butterfly? And, and she, of course, she's going to prove to Mary Martin, she can do just the same thing she can do. So there she was hanging by a wire, flapping her wings and looking glorious because that woman was beautiful. She was so beautiful. 
And uh, it was really fun to have her on that show because she had she had the absolute same kind of glamour that those those strippers have. And she she even saw I saw a movie the other night called Dance Girl Dance, and she plays the stripper in that movie. And it it's just it was kind of brought it all back to me. And I thought, yeah, look at how gorgeous she is and funny. But what I loved about it, I didn't know anything about this. And seeing, Frank, how hard was it to find those gorgeous photos, those vibrant pictures? Well, Bob uh, had a lot. Bob had a lot of them. Uh, oh, we have some. I but Frank, looked, Frank knows where all the bodies are buried. He can I find just, apparently. I just lucked out. Sometimes, you know, if you if you if you hang around on eBay, it'll show up eventually. It's and that's you have to track that. down right anything anything we shot in Los Angeles, everything in those days got sent to New York because all the PR was done out of New York. Oh. And so we might have some black and white stills, but for the most part, we, we had very few, unless you know the photographer and you could get photographs, but that didn't happen that often. Well, and Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, but you all, some of those photos we used in the book, you took yourself backstage, right? Well, there there's some that I did. I had a little Instamatic or something. I don't know what I had. But on the Hollywood Palace, I would take... Because on the Hollywood Palace, some there were sh- shows where I would do maybe one big number with the chorus girls and, you know, uh, uh, whoever, Bing Crosby or, or George Burns. And I would just take pictures backstage because I had nothing else to do on the show. Everybody, all the acrobats brought their own outfits. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> Bob, talk to me about doing Lady Sings the Blues. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Lady Sings the Blues was an interesting thing. Uh, it was going to be a cheapy movie made at, at Paramount, and they were they were going to pull all the, all the costumes out of out of the the costume stock. And Diana Ross took one look at that rack of old, nasty, dirty old clothes, and she said, "Well, I can't wear these. These are someone else wore these once." And so before I knew it, we were getting a call to do the show and they called me first. And I said, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm doing Cher and Carol Burnett and this. I said, what would happen if, if Ray is loose for a couple of weeks, let's do it together. And, and they had a designer already who had pulled it all perfectly wonderful looking, but it was, it really was like old clothes. And she, you know, she was a diva and still is, I guess. <laughs> Well, also, uh, you've dressed her previously in more glamorous things. Well, I did. I, we did. We did a. We did a show called called uh, uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes and the Temptations, getting it together on Broadway. That was the whole title, right. and and uh, and I and I got an Emmy for that. So it was it was really? a good looking show. So she got used to wearing good stuff. And here, <laughs> the two you are. There we are. She and gave if him, people want to know how that, that night down came together, <laughs> well, that's it that's, a, that's a quickie sketch, for sure. That's gorgeous. I mean, it's just such gorgeous. Well, it's Diana Ross. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, another see-through. How hard is it to make Barbara Streisand look this gorgeous in a pretty see-through dress? Well, Barbara Streisand has a lovely figure and and lovely all the all all the accessories that go with the figure uh, are very pretty. 
meaning legs. I see and, two of them there. Legs and the and and boobies are just yeah. really lovely and lovely skin. And uh, I told her once. I said, you know, you're very photogenic. She says, yes, I know. Mm. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> Did you like doing Funny Lady? Uh, I would have loved Funny Lady if it had been the original concept, which uh-huh. was to have Dustin Hoffman play Billy Rose and she play Fanny Bryce. But oh, she, that would have been so interesting. It would have been perfect. And if you've ever seen pictures of Billy Rose, you know that he could have pulled that off. But but she had just done the film with Robert Redford and she just thought she should have a better looking leading man. A more handsome, more movie star, beautiful leading man. Well, the clothes in that is spectacular. And so is the numbers. You know, this film is reviled, but the numbers in the choreography well, are gorgeous. Yeah, I there are things in the film that I, I'm just I'm still proud of. You know, I'm not there we, we did some fun numbers and we did uh there there's some numbers where we have you know, we did a whole Uncle Tom's cabin situation. I don't think we'd get it on the on the you know anywhere today but but it was really fun she was little eva and ben vereen was you know uncle tom or whoever i guess uncle tom yeah uh (laughs) but it was really fun because theater in those days we're talking about probably in the 20s early 30s there there were a lot of a lot of wonderful black performers in those shows and they would have a whole a whole chorus line of of african-americans that just were amazing within a show that had a whole white chorus at the same time. And uh, we were doing something like that, but I don't think we get away with it today. And which is too bad because we're, we're covering up, uh, we're sort of hiding uh, the, 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 the ethnicity of different groups. And that's a bad thing. Who wants to see a whole bunch of people pretending to be white? That's no fun. Or pretending something never happened. Well, yeah, you know, it was just, it was, it's been crazy. You know, we've, we've seen all these, these little documentaries about, well, so-and-so would never wear a jacket that looked like that. And, you know, it, I don't, I don't go for that at all. There, there was, a, you know, thank God for black people and the music and the dance and the humor that came from them, just from them, you know, and, and there's, and it's going, that's going into every, every ethnicity that works and and it's a shame to lose their their identity really i don't think it should be vulgar or ugly or or silly but 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 the there's a lot of really good uh uh i don't know it's just it's 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 bad if you know what i mean don't cover up who you are be proud of it and do it you well know? somebody who was very proud of who she was diane carroll who gorgeous Clothes and beautiful, like beautiful. nobody else. I did a whole uh, one time on a on a little summer show. We did I did a whole show where we dressed her up like Josephine Baker, and she looked amazing. Oh, those pictures are in the book. Amazing. Well, I don't know if there's any of her wearing that. Oh, are they sketches, Frank. Yeah, but in that's anyway, a, that's a Miss Ross. It's Josephine probably Miss Ross doing Broadway leading ladies. That's After what you're was, remembering. Yeah. 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 But Diane was just so gorgeous and, and you could put anything on her and she was amazing. I miss um, her. I know we've, I know we've got a wrap, but this cast, was it this summer that you did a week of Vanna White on wheel? 
Well, last, no, it wasn't this summer, but it was last year around the holidays. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, we we did a week of that and we were selling product as well. You know, a, a different different kinds of scarves and sweaters and whatever, whatever, um, you know, for for the audience to send in for. Well, you don't see gowns very much on television these days. Well, even on Vanna, who always wore a different gown every week, often wears just a normal kind of short dress or or a less a less formal look. Was that fun? Cut. Is she somebody that you enjoyed dressing? Well, she you know she's been doing this for years, and she <laughs> she looks amazing. She puts those clothes on that are that are model size size two or zero or whatever, and they look. I mean, and they're made for her, and they look amazing. She's she's just really talk about holding up. She's amazing looking. <laughs> Frank, you did a whole thing near the end of the book about the dolls. There are the Barbie dolls. There are the recreation of certain gowns. Sure. I loved that section. There were so many dolls that I didn't know about. And, well, I did, I did a... Go ahead, Frank. I was just going to say, Bob, you're going to be doing uh, some holiday Barbies for 2022. For 2022. I hadn't done any Barbies probably in over 10 years. And uh, oh, wow. they asked me. They asked me for next year to do a special holiday Barbie, and and so she is quite glamorous. And she, you can put her on the top of your Christmas tree. She's a little like this picture, but this picture, <laughs> this picture is probably forty years old. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> do you yeah, like now, doing? Now I have the- white gray hair, and there I had some kind of blonde madness, but. Uh, <laughs> Do you like that your gowns are living on in a whole different medium? Um, well, I I do actually, and and a lot of a lot of the the Barbies were a way of doing high end glamour, Vegas glamour. In fact, there is a Vegas exhibit uh, right now of Barbie dolls that I did I did for them over really? about Where? ten fifteen years in Vegas. I don't even know what it's traveling around. It's traveling around the country. Okay, like Joe just told me, and uh, so I, I have no idea what city they're in at this point. They're I have a friend. Oh, they're still in Vegas. Okay, there was a <laughs> there was a guy I forget where he lived somewhere in the Los Angeles area who turned his living room into a shrine to all of your I, dolls. I've I've seen pictures of that place. That's just I a went there weird. once. Did you go? I did because a friend of mine is a huge share fan and has a lot of the dolls. It was unbelievable. Well, there's somebody that has real mannequins all over their house in in living room and whatever in share outfits they bought on auction. No, I've never oh. been to it, but I've seen pictures of it. it Can we go? Free, free <laughs> off, but, uh, Let's whatever. do a field trip. We'll do a special would, show on I the road. Would, I would love it. You could do a whole show right there. Right there. You really could. I don't know where he lives. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, we'll find it. Somebody okay. write me. Um, okay. Frank, you had in the book, at the beginning and end, these great collages. Well, those are those are just reduced versions of, of these huge sketches that I would do for different people to show them exactly what something was going to look like in different shows. And this, this goes, you know, Sonny and Cher, Mitzi Gaynor, um, uh, 
all kinds of different people in there. I can't, they're so tiny on this screen right. that I can't tell oh, what's yeah, what. Millions. And then from Vegas, we did all Jubilee in, in Las Vegas. We did Halloween oh, in Hollywood fluff. in Vegas. And there's a few of those in there too. <laughs> now, Frank, was this your idea? Yes, I would like to say it is. <laughs> we, 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 we went back and forth about so many different things we could do the end page those are called the end papers and we went uh -huh. back and forth so many different and then it became a question of at one point we had those are that's three uh a row of three by four at one point we had four by five and they were too small and then we um but we finally came up with a good and then i wanted to make sure that that if we put actually those are all sketches that are not anywhere else in the book and so then if we moved a sketch from the end papers into the book, I wanted to find a replacement. So nothing was duplicated um, because maybe if we do volume two, those can be seen in a much bigger form. That I didn't like those to start with. Now I love <laughs> them. Now, now I look at it as, oh, isn't that clever? You know, I just, I really, I just, it wasn't what I had in mind and, and I gave everybody trouble on it, but they, <laughs> not they, much. Um, a little, you know, but, but no, but, but by making the figures a little bigger, you could see stuff before they Absolutely. were like, like little, little ant outfits, you know, they, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of weird, but I love having them and people always comment on that. They love that. And they wish I'd make, you know, wrapping paper and fabric. And wallpaper. Oh, Bob, what an idea. Well, yeah. Would that be fun? <laughs> I would. I would buy that. Okay, we have some questions before we wrap. Uh, somebody wrote, the Cher show was great. Is the musical going to tour? It was supposed uh, to. Well, it's supposed, it was supposed to tour. And then we, we had our big, uh, 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 you know, epidemic that we had. And everything closed down. And there were no theaters were open in this country um, anywhere. So right. it, it, it was all in storage. And so, and then all of a sudden, everybody's bringing back the new shows that never got to open and some really old ones that, that they are, well, we got all the costumes. Let's put that on. And uh, I won't mention any names, um, but I don't want to ever see Chicago again. <laughs> That's another. <laughs> there was a musical, Bob, that you had been working on. Was it Liberace, right? Well, there was a Liberace musical, but that never happened. That, yeah. I mean, we never got to the point of designing it or anything, and oh, uh, but and I and I, I never was... and I never designed for him anyway. But right, but, uh, Michael Travis did, who's no longer with us. So I was very happy to do it uh, with with Michael in mind. But I we never got to do it. I should mention, speaking of things you did and didn't do, you were designing the costumes for the musical When Pigs Fly. Yes, they ran out yes. of money, but they did a performance with the costumes as close as they were. And I was at that with you. Well, some of the costumes were finished and a yeah. couple of things, a couple of, of groups of, of clothes weren't quite done, but they would have been done a day later. I mean, it wasn't like, like it was a month away or anything. But that was but, extraordinary. Again, so smart and witty and well, wearable. You know, I did the Carol Burnett show. If you can't do witty, you don't you don't have a job. <laughs> Frank, were you at that pig's fly? No, no, I wasn't. I don't know why I wasn't. I'm I'm friends you, with uh, a couple people, Brian 
Rooney, Brunchell's Rooney. I'm, I'm friends with a couple of people in that, and I know Mark Waldrop. Uh, also you you would have, you would have loved it. It was we we did some good stuff. We oh, really did. We just broke, laughed. I think it broke Brian's so heart. Much. Brian was so excited about doing that. Yeah. Well, me maybe too. someday. Me too. I'd seen the original, you know, and I I I just thought it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen, and and uh, you know I I was couldn't wait to get my hands on it, but. We didn't. We didn't What's on your it. list of things you still want to get your hands on? I don't know. I don't think about it much. You know, you have sometimes you don't even, you don't think about those things till you read a script and you go, "Oh God, would this be fun?" You know, you just don't you don't think that way. You know, I don't want to do an old show particularly, but I would if it was a really good show. But you would be interested if it was the right new show. Oh, absolutely. And I would, you know, nobody ever hires me to do, rarely hires me to do a period show. And of course, that would be my most favorite thing in the world to do. But they just think of me as, you know, your belly button shows and you're covered in glitter, you know, whatever. You know, it's just, it's crazy how people put you into a little niche and keep you there. And of course, I didn't, I didn't help the situation with this book because there's pictures you know, one one after another of, of jazzy outfits, but there's a yeah, lot. But of, if you there's a lot of Carol look, Burnett in her funny. That's outfits what I was just gonna say. If you too. look at Carol and, Burnett, you've done every period. Well, every period, every kind of character, and God bless her. She she really appreciates that work. You know, I I, I adore her so much because of that. And we should mention Cher and Carol Burnett are in the book. Frank, they oh. wrote for. It? Yes, Carol. Carol wrote a beautiful piece for the forward, and Cher wrote an afterward that was delivered, I think, on your birthday, Bob. Right? <laughs> Maybe along, I don't know. It took her a while. Orchids. Yeah, it took her a while, but it was all right. She was nice. <laughs> it was lovely, and um, and it's sweet, you know. And she, and those are the two people that people really know me because they they were on every week for a while. You know, it was crazy. They're in people's houses. Yeah, I know that this year, because we saw each other just before the Emmy Awards, that you addressed Bernadette Peters for the Emmy Awards. Well, Bernadette Peters wore a dress made in 1983 on the Emmy Awards. And, it was and, that, and, and it was that old. New. And, and we, we had been talking about it. I said, you know, I love that black dress and you never wear that. She says, well, it was so long ago, but I love it too. And so we put it on her in a fitting. I did a new dress for her which isn't quite finished. And we, we had a fitting for that. And we tried the black dress on for the Emmy Awards or the Tony Awards. And um, it, it looks so beautiful on her. I mean, I said, well, you look exactly the same. Put it on. And um, she, we got a lot of attention from that dress. It was gorgeous. But I didn't know it was that old. It was, yeah. No, it was old. But but it was, you know, what did she wore it maybe two or three times and that was it. So it's it's not like it's all worn out and hanging in shreds. Are there things of yours that people trot out every few years or are they one-offs? Well, you know, usually it used to be if you had a nightclub act and a big act with, mm. you know, in stadiums or whatever, you would wear it for a year. And then the next year you would do new things. So when people came to see you, you say, oh, I've seen that outfit before. You know, you never want that. But then there are things that are classic looks for certain people like Cher. I mean, you know, she, she's got her Indian war bonnet. She's got her gypsy outfit. She's got, you know, there's just certain things that, that when that music starts, people, 
expect that outfit to walk out. And uh, but we don't. We've changed quite a few things over the years. Somebody just asked a question. I know the answer, but Shishi Larue asks, "Did you ever dress Raquel Welch?" Oh, oh many times. Yeah, many times. I did. I did There's a whole great pictures in the book. I did a whole special with her uh, that she was was taped from around the world. Actually, she did it in Paris and London and Mexico and whatever. And we made all the clothes in Los Angeles and fit her in the fitting room. And then I never saw her in them again until I saw <laughs> pictures. <laughs> um, I just I, I can't keep going. There are so many questions here. Oh. Our mutual friend Randy Roberts says, "Still my dream to wear a Bob Mackie original." Hasn't he ever worn one? I never loaned him something to wear. All right, Randy, you heard it here first. Well, I don't you know could. now. The Donald you know. Duck costume has his name on it. <laughs> oh, Bob, can we tell the story of what happened in Provincetown this summer with Scott Townsend? Uh, well, what happened? I went to see his show. Right. A share impersonator. A share impersonator. And um, I just, you know, adore Scott because Scott can do share and you, you're not just hearing her sing. You can have a conversation with Scott and you, you swear you're talking to the real woman. You know, it, it, it makes me crazy. But, but I, I, I just love I love sitting there and just talking to her. And Scott was Scott, a drag a drag queen, you know. Scott Townsend is his name, but but he, his, his stage name is Thirsty Burlington. And, and I, he was on. I, and I could never remember her name. What what did I? Trippy <laughs> and, and I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember her stage name. I said, "What's Scott's real stage name?" And so I I, I tried to think of it, and I came up with Drippy Burlington. <laughs> I, I just never, remember, I never, I, you know, if he sees this show, I don't will. think I've ever told him that. Oh, well, Scott was going to be with us today, but um, he was having his final chemo. Uh, oh, I know, today. I know. Yeah, so we're, that's, but we are keeping our fingers crossed. We for love him. Scott and we want the best for him. There was, but what happened this summer is he signs autographs and meets people afterwards, and you noticed that he was a little chilly. Yes. And you brought over his jacket and put it on him. And he said, I can finally say I was dressed by Bob Mack. <laughs> well, Scott's just such a clever, you know, and when he sings her songs, he sounds just like her, you know, and when he talks to you, he sounds just like her. So, you know, the first time I went to Provincetown and I had no idea what they had there. There must have been seven share drag queens working the town at that point. And everywhere I went, I'd turn around and there would be a whole bunches of shares behind me, uh, just following that down the street and asking me questions. And that was the weirdest sensation ever. Because I thought I was going on a vacation. I didn't know I was going to, you know, like a living hell. <laughs> So is that what hell is? Millions of shares around you? Well, it was, you know, there was a half a dozen for sure. But they, I would just, I would think, you know, oh, oh, I'm in here. Nobody will see me here. And I turn around and there'd be one standing there. It, it was really but people funny. are lovely to you. I've been on vacation with you. And people come up to you and they're always so adorable. They're, they're really nice people, I guess. 
they I don't know. I mean, I don't know all those people, but 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 it's, it's they've seen me on on shows like yours, and mm-hmm. and uh, they they know it's me. I guess I don't know. Uh, I just again I want to tell people they have to go out and get this book, The Art of Bob Mackie. It is a work of art. It and, is you know, a I am I am so proud of this book that that I'm you know I just tell people to get it. Oh, you're gonna love it. But it's true. I really feel that way. I have, right, a, friend who ordered, I have a friend who ordered 12 copies to give his Christmas presents. Now that well, is... that, that's, listen, it's my favorite Christmas present this year. Me for too. For sure to give to people. Yeah. I mean, why not? But, but it's, uh, I, hope, I hope they like my work. <laughs> who knows? Okay, I'm back. Sorry. You're back. Oh, okay. But I, well, I, I thought we were boring you, and you just you were never boring off. me. And we were wrapping <laughs> up anyway. But what I want to tell people is go get this book. Frank knows this. These pictures I've been showing are really low res, crappy. Took them with my phone. You want to see the good versions? Well, go book. see it. And if you have trouble finding it in a bookstore, if it's sold out, you, you can get it at Amazon.com and they'll get it to you in two days. So it, you, know, you can still get it for eminently affordable. Yes. Well, I think it's affordable. You get a lot. You know, if you're, if you're a costume designer, you can live your whole rest of your life out of that book. <laughs> and you've been doing book signings, you two. How's that been? I have. Well, one one day we we did one in a gift store here in Palm Springs, and and the line went around the block and back again. It was amazing. And it was and crazy. I, I was there half the night, so, you know, trying to. And sign a share and a share drag queen showed up, right, Bob? And a share drag. <laughs> well, we had several drag queens. It's it's Palm Springs, you know. They they <laughs> live here. I don't know where they live, but they're here. I see them at Ralph's and Bonds and all the grocery stores. <laughs> Are you doing any more book signings coming up? Um, I'm actually doing a signing in Los Angeles this next week, I think. Oh, 14th. really? Yeah, at decades. But I, I don't think it's open to the public. I think it's an invited guest list. I don't know for sure. I just okay. show up and don't do my me. work. Exactly. <laughs> um I just appreciate you guys talking to me about this. And sorry for all the technical problems. My Lord. Well, you're in that business now, you know. You, the last you know, you, time, Bob. It needs to be like the old days where you have a wagon and you go from town to town and you just open the back flap of the wagon and you do your show. It doesn't work that way anymore. Well, that's why now I have two computers next to me. If something happens to one, the other one is working. Because For two, do do? two, three years, I've been doing all QVC and everything else from my dining room table here with two circle lights. And I don't have to ever go to the airport to get somewhere, you know? And do you like that? I don't mind it. I'd rather not be in airports right now (laughs) this time of year. Thank you. Oh, so let's ask, how have you been with the quarantine and COVID and all of that? I don't know. I've been working. I've had things to do, you know, and I'm working for, for the Bradford Bradbury exchange and Brad, what is it? Bradford Exchange. I always, you know, oh, drippy Joe calls me Mrs. Malaprop. <laughs> <laughs> and Frank, apparently the quarantine was good for you because you got the, to focus on this book. Well, yeah, I got stuck I, in LA I, for six weeks in a motel. Oh, thank, 
thank God, you know, that that we had that time because we I wouldn't wrote, be I ready. Wrote a book on my phone in a motel on Beverly you Boulevard, did. right down this, right down Beverly Boulevard from where Carolyn Cher taped. See, 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 you're you're right around the corner from where I am. If I had your phone, I could have done this show. You could have, <laughs> yes. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. People, go out, get The Art of Bob Mackie by Frank Vlasnik and Laura. What is Ra- Laura's last Ross. name? Ross? Ross. Ross. Laura Ross. It is so gorgeous. Thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you for having it's me. Our pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll see you both soon. Happy holidays. Thank and you. And to you. Well, there you have it. Another Billy Masters Lives for the Annals. And I do mean annals. This was really the most challenging one since, oh, poor Ed Asner. Rest in peace. I did get a great interview out of him eventually, but very uh, challenging situation. But, you know, it's live television. We do what we can. Thank you for watching. We should be back here next Thursday. Heaven only knows. We'll see. I have an idea for a show. We'll see. I will announce it. Oh, if you want to know when the shows are on, who's going to be guests or whatever, go to billymasters.com. All the gossip is there. All the pictures, all of these shows. They're also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm supposed to always remind people of this. Uh, Right below my logo, right there. There's a subscribe button. I think it is on the logo. Click on the subscribe button and also click on the bell. I don't really know what happens. Maybe Lucy will fly in the air like she's Peter Pan. Oh, my God. Wasn't that the funniest story? Anyway, okay. Thank you for watching the show. We will hopefully see you next Thursday. I have been Billy Masters. I have also been better. And as I always say, and never more true than today, if we're here, we're live. Bye, guys.